0: or career search brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston, executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And today I have brought to you yet another fabulous guest. He's going to drop a ton of knowledge on you regarding sales and speaking and all the good stuff. Um, So I want to introduce Brian Williams, founder and CEO of Perspectivity, a sales growth agency. Brian's work as a sales coach, facilitator, and keynote speaker empowers companies to increase their sales and presentation skills. He founded the company on the principle of giving clients exceptional value by providing quality education, experiential learning, and a systematic approach to designing and delivering sales messages, which makes him a perfect guest for our podcast. So, Brian, welcome to our show, and thank you for agreeing to come on.
1: Absolutely. So excited to be here. We've been planning this for a while, so it's great to see it happen.
0: I know, I know. And so, this is the first time you and I have met in person. Sure. So, I was like jumping up and down like a kid when you walked in, (laughs) because I was so excited. We had such a fabulous conversation over the phone and just so much synergy, Mm -hmm. and I know that you were just going to share so much much knowledge with our audience, so let's just get into it. Sure, let's do it. So I'd love to start our conversation just learning a little bit more about your company and your story. Can you tell us what perspectivity means to you and what brought you to start the company?
1: So I am a computer science grad from Texas A&M, went to Silicon Valley because everybody was making millions. So I thought, hey, that's a pretty cool idea. And so uh, I was there for the dot-com explosion. And there were some explosions. Every company I worked for went flat out of business. (laughs) So, but you learn a lot in the process. I eventually, actually, one of them was acquired and I worked for some larger companies out there. But eventually, when the largest company bought us out, we were, I was basically responsible. I was writing software. Then I moved into marketing. And then I realized the competitors were outselling us. I wrote the code. I knew we had superior R&D and software and technology, but they were outselling us and it was so frustrating. And so eventually I began to find that their pitch and their sales presentation was superior to ours. So although our technology was superior, we never got that far because their pitch was so impressive. They ended up going with them and actually we ended up being acquired by one of our main competitors. It was that bad. And so that's when I switched gears and said, man, I'm in the wrong end of this deal. Right. We're not going to be successful if if the front end of the pitch and the product is not perfected. You're never going to sell as much on the back. end.
0: What a pivot. For
1: For sure. I like winning. And I was like, man, that's not getting us the victory that we want. How can we win? And so that's when I started doing more of the sales pitches, the presentations and working on the messaging. And we were doing this uh, everywhere except North America is another uh, team that was Mm -hmm. responsible for North America. I had a a team spread across four countries and we were all over the place. So the company was buying all these startups, these technologies, and we were kind of repackaging them and selling them to our customer base.
0: Okay. Okay. But you didn't like jump from coding to perspectivity, right?
1: No. Okay. So it was coding to marketing to sales. So marketing
0: for somebody else.
1: Uh, different companies. okay, And then moved into sales. That's when I kind of had that epiphany because marketing, I started to see like, wow, we get a little more traction when the marketing is right. Yeah, And then the sales pitch was the first introduction. And that's when I said, that's where the money really is. So I eventually left corporate seven years ago, started this company, made a U-turn, went right back into those companies said, guys, I think I can help.
0: You. Awesome. But just as a consultant instead of absolutely,
1: yeah, that I will so never awesome. fit as a w two employee anywhere, really, yeah, why Everybody, do you say
0: that? everybody's wired
1: differently mm-hmm. and so usually in corporate America, typically, not all of them, but You're usually put in the lane where you have to run. Yes. And you have to color inside the lines. And my DNA is always color outside the lines and run off the lane into the bush. Because that's (laughs) where the excitement is and the adventure is, right? So I wouldn't fit in that role in most cases.
0: You know, it's so interesting. I think you and I are so much alike in that regard. Because I was just having this conversation with somebody earlier, and they're like, it was one of my clients, and like, hey, so you just said you were going to do this, and I was like, yeah, but now I get to do this, you know? <laughs> like, oh, we can't keep up with you. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, it's more fun that way. It is more fun that way. So, and right before we came in, I w- I'm going to ask you about your six-step process. But, but right before we came in, we were talking about your journey with Toastmasters. Mm-hmm. Is that something you would recommend to people, especially like if they're looking for a job?
1: Oh, absolutely. That so Toastmasters because. During that conversation, we found someone didn't know what it was. Yeah. So it is basically a public speaking training academy. It's not called that, but I'm just trying to help the viewers, Right. So if you want to get better at communicating, public speaking presentations, Toastmasters is a group where you meet once a week and they have a whole curriculum laid out. It's a very supportive group. Everyone there is extremely supportive. You can be as vulnerable and mess up as many times and you'll still get encouragement. Um, but I can tell you, it really enhances your communication skills. For example, we have something called an ah counter. So every time you say ah, um, restart, there's one person in the meeting who counts every time, everybody and everyone in the room. So at the end of the meeting, oh. they have an ah counter report. And I am telling you, there have been full-blown arguments, right? It's like, I, I did not do that six <laughs> times. But that person's only job is to count.
0: Wow you know, I did not know time. that.
1: But I got to tell you, over time I was in it for like two years. yeah it is still part of my subconscious. I'm so conscious of restarting and restopping O's and ums so restarting really like we did today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's a great organization, I think.
0: Okay. well, and let's not uh, forget about the little fact that you <laughs> went pretty far with Toastmasters. Um, you were part of their world, what did they call it the world: It's the
1: Toast, Toastmasters World Championship of public speaking.
0: And how many people entered?
1: There was 40,000 people that entered the year that I competed. I made it to the top 30. Top 30
0: people. Did you hear that?
1: (laughs) And you compete. I don't know. I don't remember. It's like four or five months or so. You keep competing to get to that level. And. Once I got to that level, uh, the world semifinals, I was disqualified for some paperwork stuff. That's another podcast, but well, it was, we may uh, have you back on to talk about it. We'll see. <laughs> for sure. so,
0: all right. So let's get into your, um, you offer a six step sales communication system that empowers, um, us, the consumer to de- design and deliver sales messages that increase your confidence and revenue. Um, and I really like, a, like that you focus on the strong communication skills. How can someone that's looking for a job or interviewing at a company prepare for the conversation so that they can exude confidence? Because, And let me tell you one thing that I see a lot, especially people that have been laid off, mm. they have that sure. dejected. And they're just mm-hmm. so how do we get them to exude that confidence? Mm.
1: Two things come to mind. Number one, you have to practice preparation right and repetition is the mother of skill so the more you repeat something the better you're going to get i don't care if you're flying a kite riding a bike the same thing applies even more so to interviews because you're already nervous Mm -hmm. and if you've been fired or had an unfortunate end to your last position you cannot bring that to the interview because people feel that yep so i think number one is just practice like i literally will Call someone. Up, hey, you're going to call me at three o'clock Tuesday and we're going to do your interview. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we do the real thing. And when you practice, do the real that you cannot practice in your head. It nope. doesn't work. You can't read what you're going to say. It doesn't work. You have to do it real time. Even face to face is better.
0: Yeah. And there are some resources out there that I think are so great. There's one called the pit crew. Have you heard of them? No. And they are basically they run you through like you send them the company that you're going to be interviewing with. They come up with the questions and they interview you really? as if you were that they were that company. Hmm. And I mean and they're not necessarily nice. It's probably a much harder interview than you're going to get with the company. That's awesome though. Yeah, and it's for free.
1: Really? Yeah. That was my next question. How much does it cost? 3.99. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: uh shout out to Trevor Houston on that. I totally stole that. So wow. <laughs> That's um, an awesome
1: resource for people, though.
0: Absolutely. And mm-hmm. that's actually with the Who You Know Boys that I was telling you about mm-hmm, earlier, the Who You right. Know Job Network. i got to quit calling them boys. Who mm-hmm. You Know Job Networking Show. And they mm-hmm. do tons of free resources for people oh, in transition. So, and that's just one of them. Makes sense. Yeah. So another topic that you've covered on LinkedIn is the importance of storytelling skills. And, you know, people buy from... People they know, like, and trust. I say that all the time, especially when people are working with recruiters, too. Mm. You got to know, like, and trust me before you're going to trust me with your job search. Sure. And Mm. so we work really hard on that. Mm. Um, One of the most challenging interview questions, in my opinion, is tell me about yourself. Mm. How do you what advice do you give someone that is in that position and ask that question?
1: Okay, that's a good question. So here's the deal. Right. Most people want to play safe. And they give these plastic, generic answers, Mm -hmm. right? There's a problem. Everyone's playing it safe. Everyone's giving plastic, generic answers. So it's hard for you to stand out. So when I was hiring for a job, you know, we had a lot of people come in and we're looking at resumes Mm -hmm. and they all look the same and they all talk the same. So no one stood out. So it actually was difficult to know who to hire. So I will say. Tell us some personal story, something interesting about yourself, something that maybe many people don't even know because they're going to find that interesting. What they're trying to find out is, is there a personality inside? Right. It, right. And if you're all stiff and stoic and buttoned up real tight, giving the perfect answer, you may feel good that you didn't mess up anything. The The problem is you now sound like everyone else and there's nothing unique about that part of the interview.
0: Yeah. One of the things because we prep all of our candidates before they go interview with our clients and I like to tell them to think of it as a commercial when they mm. give that answer to that question. Mm. And, you know, two things about a commercial is they are short yep. and they have a hook, mm. something to keep you from changing the channel. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. I won't go into the whole thing, but I want you to have a hook. I want it to be professionally related, right. but I want it to be something that's not glaringly obvious on your resume. Right. You right. know, give them something to go on exactly. so that they you can start that conversation. Right.
1: Because you think they've already read the resume so they're looking for something different.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Don't. And that's the worst thing you can do is just say, well, I started my career in 1999 <laughs> at this place and I was there for this long. It's right. so boring. Right. I know. So I boring. Know. They've already seen that. Take
1: some risk because yeah. people remember that. Like if you think about movies, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to remember things that were interesting, unique, or even a company pitch. So the more risk and that's the challenge though, right? Because I really want this job and I don't want to mess it up. But I think what you got to think about, not what you want, but what the interviewer is
0: looking for. Well, and the other thing too, if you take that risk and it doesn't work out, is this really where you wanted to be?
1: Yeah, exactly. Because so, you were being who you are. If exactly. that story is real and true and it didn't resonate with them, we call that good information, right? Because I don't want to be at a place that doesn't really resonate. Well, you won't stay there long.
0: No, anymore. you won't. You right. absolutely won't. Mm-hmm. So that really leads in well, talking about telling that story into the next uh, question. Because um, another topic you've covered on LinkedIn is the importance of storytelling skills. And oh, we just talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Uh, yay. <laughs> I'm doing so good today. I'm going to start over twice and reading questions again. That's all right. I'm okay with that. So perspectivity I, and I'm getting better every time I say it. I'm it's impressed. Good time. It's good to have to start have it over three times.
1: Perspectivity. Say
0: go. it with us. <laughs> Just kidding. But they, you help companies better their presentation skills, which are essential to any sales process, whether it be a sales presentation or presenting yourself as a candidate for an opening what are three traits you think every successful presenter should have?
1: OK, three traits every. So I will say I will call it three C's. Oh, OK. One is charisma. Yes.
0: Right?
1: It, most people have an expectation when they're about to watch a presentation that is going to be boring. That is the expectation. So now I will tell you, the more charisma you show, the more uncomfortable you're going to be. Right. Because we want no one wants to watch something typical and expect that's called boring. Right. If I anticipate what you're going to say and what you're going to do, we call that boring. So you got to throw them off a little bit. And it is a little bit of acting up there. Right. Mm-hmm. So charisma will be one. Second, obviously, is content, the content that you're sharing. And here's the best way I help I work with clients. Find out what they want and give it to them. Yeah, My Aunt Nanny Bo taught me that. She was married to Uncle Lacey for about 50 years. And I said, what are you guys doing to stay married so long? She said, baby, I found out what your Uncle Lacey like and I give it to him. And what he don't like, I don't. And he does the same for me. Wow. It's a simple concept, but most people bring what they are interested in and what they like. And it won't resonate with the audience. So I tell them, put what you have on the back shelf. Find out what they want and then bring that to the presentation. So content is the second one. And the third C is be concise, right? Mm-hmm. Information overload is what almost all of our clients suffer with. And you less is best, right? And that's always been true, especially with presentations.
0: Don't show up and throw up is what we Absolutely, say. Absolutely. <laughs> sure. So easy to do that, though. Yeah, it really is. And um, yeah, so... How can people practice those presentation skills to better themselves?
1: You know, it's really similar to the earlier point we were making, which is is practice. And and here's the thing, right? So most people do not, most of my clients, they do not like to practice because it's boring Mm -hmm. and there's no win. But that's where the magic happens. My coach taught me when I was playing football, you practice how you play. So if I'm practicing, he says, whatever happens during practice, expect that on game day. If you're not practicing, you don't know what's gonna happen on game. Ooh,
0: day. I like that. And it's a mystery.
1: And that's where the nerves yeah. and the anxiety comes in because your subconscious is saying, I'm not exactly sure what's about to take place. And that's when we get nervous. But if I've been practicing enough and there's a lot of repetition there, I know what's about to happen. Now there's gonna be a little bit of anxiety because there's some small amount of unknown, but I'll take that over not knowing at all what's gonna happen.
0: It's kind of the I mean, would you say that goes along with the rule of ten thousand hours?
1: Exactly. Absolutely. Okay. For sure. I mean, I For think sure. that's, it's you know, a, getting
0: to expert level, which you right. certainly don't have to be to right. do exactly. present, but yeah. But it's a,
1: It's a, it's the a same concept
0: though, right? Absolutely. Right. And that was Malcolm Gladwell, right? For that sure. said that mm-hmm. Do you know he has a new book? No, I did. Talking to strangers. And what is that about? I don't know yet. I haven't read it. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw it the other day. I'm one of those I have a horrible problem. I I love to read, mm-hmm. but I also love to buy books. Mm-hmm. And so I have like 10 of them stacked up that I haven't read yet. I haven't yet. read yet. So, i but that's on my list, but I've, I'm not letting myself buy any more books until I le- read at least half of those.
1: The, ti- yeah. the title. Well, it's Mal-
0: Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, for so, sure.
1: Exactly. Gotta love him.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you recently posted a story on LinkedIn, A Trip to Florida. Two Uber drivers and an important sales oh, lesson. That's right. Yep, yep. This is you described mm-hmm. two Uber rides you had while traveling, mm-hmm. and you described one of those experiences the best you've ever had. It was the best of rides. It was the worst of rides. <laughs> so, <laughs> can you share a little bit with the audience about the difference between those two and the takeaways about selling and communication um, people mm-hmm. can gain from this? It was a great article.
1: Well, thank you. That was uh, I don't know a couple months ago or so where I, I was I had a one day. I flew into Florida to shoot this video shoot for the client, got right back to the airport and flew out. And so Mm -hmm. when I got there, I had one Uber driver took me to the studio and one took me back. So the one that took me there, he asked, how long are you going to be in town? I says, honestly, I'm here for like a few hours and I'm right back to the airport. Great. Would you like to hear about some places to eat? I'm like, well, I just told you I'm only here a few hours, but sure. So he starts telling me about dinner restaurants. Now, I landed at the airport like 9.30. I'm only going to be there a few hours, and I'm back to the airport. And he tells me in painful detail about all these seafood restaurants and how awesome they are and the founder. And and your stomach's growling. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm listening because I'm like, okay, I'm in the car, right? I might as well just. But then he begins to proceed to tell me about another dinner restaurant and all the things that you can do at different times of the year. And I was sitting there thinking, he clearly did not listen to my answer. He asked a question,
0: mm-hmm. but he
1: didn't. So we talked earlier about find out what they want and yes. give it to them. And he just gave me what he wanted. Right. And as a result, it, I just, it was really hard to connect with the conversation because I'm at one point I'm like, none of this has any relevance to me. I'm only here for a few hours and everything you're talking about is outside the scope of my visit. Mm-hmm. So it, but he had a great time, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Some people really think they are the most important person in the room, right? Absolutely.
1: He was one of them. <laughs> well. And then on the way back, it was a different approach. So it was interesting. So I finished uh, you know, going back to the airport. So I get to the Uber ride and I grab my bag and jump in the back seat. And as soon as I open the door, he says, why would you sit in the back when there's a seat open up here? And I thought, OK, this guy is different. So anyway, I, I'm a people person. So I jump in the front seat and we talk nonstop. But we had a conversation,
0: though. Right.
1: He asked questions. He shared. He was an older guy, shared stories about raising his kids. And I'm, I'm raising kids, right? And so he has some great insight, by the way. So he found out what my life was like, why I was in town. I was getting back to my kids, looking forward to seeing them. And then he started talking about family, right? And so what was interesting, though, <laughs> we get to the airport And normally, my wife can tell, I get and I'm always running. Even though I'm early and and got plenty of time, I just like to move fast through the airport. But this day, I got to the airport and we literally just sat in the car and just kept talking. Just hanging. Oh, yeah. And I never do that. But I gave him a tip. I mean, it was just a, a cool experience. And you would think. Didn't he just take you to the airport, but it was much deeper than that because he found out what is this guy up to? And we had a conversation about mutual interests right. And it was actually a pretty cool
0: experience. Can I tell you a cool experience Go I had forward. with Uber? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even the passenger in Uber. And we've actually told the story on the podcast. I had this person on here. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, my boyfriend travels quite a bit. So he's constantly taking Uber drivers, mm-hmm. you know, back and forth to the airport. Mm-hmm. It's, it's usually either early or late. And, anyway, so mm-hmm. he takes Ubers. And he Gets in an Uber car this one time, and he's never done this before. He's never done it since. As soon as he gets out of the car, he calls me. He goes, I just met somebody, my Uber driver, that you need to meet. I went, okay. He goes, no, I'm telling you, she's she's your tribe. She's Hmm. somebody that you're going to want to know. And I will tell you, it turns out she was a laughter coach. Have you heard of that? No. Oh, my gosh. She came and did a lunch and learned at our office and did laughter yoga, and it was amazing
1: laughter yoga.
0: I highly recommend it. Really? I had her on the show to talk about it because she does this for companies as a wellness program Hmm. and it increases productivity. And I'm not going to make this all about her, but hi, Joel. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so he calls me and he's like, okay, you need to talk to her. And I was like, okay, this is weird because he's never done that before. Called her, talked to her. We went out to dinner that two days later, she's been my best friend ever since. Really? Isn't that amazing?
1: I like to learn Mm. more about that.
0: She had just moved here and so, part of her technique for getting clients was she would Uber drive in the morning when the businessmen were flying out, and she talked to them. Smart
1: move. It worked too. It worked absolutely. <laughs> in this case, for sure. Laughter coach.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I will have to tell you more about I'm that. I'm
1: easily intrigued, and I'm definitely <laughs> intrigued on that one. Never heard of it.
0: I know it's really big in India. I actually heard um, Deepak Chopra talking about it recently, hmm. and. It's like you know, once you something comes to your focus, you pay it, see it everywhere. Right, right. And Mm -hmm. so he was talking about. He's like, yes, it's real big in my company or country, India, Mm -hmm. and that's where she got certified. Was at a school in India. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's really interesting. I'd love to hear more about that.
0: We'll talk about that next, but we're going to talk about you right now. For sure, for sure. Um, So you kind of talked about this. You emphasized the importance of a clear, concise, and compelling sales message and described that your business can help when a company's sales message is not focused, engaging, or compelling. Um, Can you give us an example of a well-known business, maybe, that has a clear, concise, compelling message? Mm,
1: That is a good question. Let me think about that one. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Yours maybe?
1: Uh yeah, but that's that's <laughs> you know, that's kind of obvious. I want to give him something. I am a professional speaker, never stomped on answers, but that was one when I was I didn't come up with oh, okay. I you just needed
0: a it. second. Yes. You need to go so, uh 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 uh. <laughs> exa- now, this is
1: this is very common, but it's just powerful, and I think the power is in its simplicity, and that is Nike's "Just Do It."
0: Just oh, it's that is so a good simple, Three
1: words, and I will tell you, working with clients, it is really difficult to get a message that tight because they want, and here's here's a challenge I think most clients have: they want to tell the whole story in the message. And you don't need to do that. Just give them an. It's like fishing. Just put the bait on the hook to get them interested, right? Yeah. And later we'll get them in the boat. We'd have to get it. You can't go from dropping the bait in the water to hooking the fish to reeling it in. It's, that's too much, right? Yeah. We just want to generate interest, which I think that does. And it's okay that to create intrigue, which is you don't tell them everything just tell them enough to want to make them ask more questions.
0: I love it. That, that was a good one. That was a good one. I was thinking like Apple. And I was like, I can't remember. What, it's just an Apple.
1: Yeah. It exactly. doesn't really
0: say anything. Exactly. But I mean, they do have a clear message about why they do what they do, true, true. which, and it's not to, it's not it's to not make computers.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: It's to build a better world. Yeah. So or that's not exactly it. Sorry, Apple. <laughs> I love your products. Um, okay. So, when building a sales message, I think it's often difficult for people to understand their audience, which goes back to our discussion about listening to others in order to sell. How can a company better understand what is compelling to their target audience?
1: Okay. Good question.
0: <laughs> Glad you <Because>, like it.
1: <laughs> because this is really what it comes down to, right, is we got to go back to Aunt Nanny Bo. Find out what they want and give it to them. And here's why that's…
0: And what it, say her name again,
1: Aunt. We call her Aunt Nanny
0: Nanny Bo? Yeah. Okay. I was just making sure I was
1: hearing that right. I love it. I say it so fast because I'm so used to saying it. Yeah. Yeah. but um, it's a lot to say. Exactly. But she, so the deal, right, typically if I had a backpack, right, and I've been carrying things around in that backpack, I like everything in there. I know everything that's in there. So when I meet a client, the tendency is to give them what I have in my backpack already. But what I want clients to do is to put that in the back seat and have a conversation and ask questions. I call it asking a series of intelligent questions to find out what's going on inside of Casey. And I'm listening very carefully to find out, wow, she said that earlier, and then she said it two more times after that. That's probably important to her. I don't have that in my bag. So I'm not even gonna pick it up. I'm gonna just ask, so, so let me make sure I'm hearing this correctly, Casey, and I repeat it back to you. And if I get confirmation that that's what you're looking for, one or two things should happen, Casey, Based on what I'm hearing, I really don't think I can help you because you need a curling iron and all I have is a can of hairspray. I don't know (laughs) I'm making this up, right? (laughs) So I don't have what you want. So I'm going to refer you to someone else and wish you the best. Or I may say, hey, you know what? I can't quite do everything you want done, but what I can do are these two steps and I can refer someone else that can help you with it. But the the intention is that find out what they want and give it to them. And if you don't
0: have what they want, shake their hands and tell them goodbye. I think that is so important, not pretending like you have what they want. Absolutely. Because, you know, and we do that all the time because, you know, it's our job to listen to our clients, mm-hmm. and we have to listen to them because they don't come to us with the easy searches. Right. We get the tough mm-hmm. stuff. We get what mm-hmm. we call the purple squirrels. Mm-hmm. And so we mm-hmm. have to really listen to them to be able to go out there sure. and find that and match the right candidate to them. And right. sometimes we have to say, we don't have that person mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. But we have to be okay with that. And I've yeah. seen where I see a lot of salespeople fell is where, at least in the recruiting industry, is where mm-hmm. clients say, hey, I need – Purple squirrel with three legs and you send them a brown squirrel with four. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Don't do that.
1: Right. Because that's what they already have easily available. Yes,
0: exactly. Mm. Exactly. So how do people get in touch with you?
1: So I am really busy on LinkedIn so if you just go on LinkedIn and search my name, Brian Williams, you may have to add Perspectivity yeah. to the end of that. Same a, on
0: Google, guys. I Googled him earlier and I got a totally different Brian Williams.
1: Yeah, that's a very common name, but not a lot of Perspectivities out there. There's only this is true. one in Denmark, actually. So uh, so Brian Williams Perspectivity, actually, if you just Google that, you'll see the website uh, Perspectivityintl.com, and, but check me out on LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time there.
0: Yeah, and if you do want to get in touch with him, make sure you mention in the subject line that you heard him on the We Are VIP podcast, and I bet you get top priority preference. <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay, so we are down to our VIP questions, and this okay. is kind of my favorite part Uh-oh. of the podcast. That must mean it's
1: not my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> we're
0: gonna we're gonna make you we're we're gonna ask you some questions outside of the box.
1: Okay, I like adventure. Let's do it. Okay,
0: take a risk. That's, That's what you right. said earlier. Let's do it. Okay. So, if you were one of, if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things, or people, or combination of the two would you take with you?
1: But only three. Wow, that is okay. Um, Okay, so I'm the first one to colonize Mars. Three people or three things? Yes. Okay, so since I'm going to Mars it doesn't make sense to bring things with me from earth to completely different planets. I wouldn't know where to start. Okay. So I'm going to leave all the things back home, but people I'm good with that. So number one would be Elon Musk. He's an an adventurer, risk taker, innovator. (laughs) And he's got
0: a car up there. Absolutely. (laughs) And
1: whatever we need, he'll probably make. Right. Right. (laughs) So definitely would bring him. And then next would be Michael Jr. He's a a Christian comedian. I love his stuff. And I'm kind of wired. Like, Elon Musk, meaning like adventurer, entrepreneur, that kind of thing. And we can get a little intense. So we need some levity right yep. behind that. So Michael Jr. can add some fun. We'll enjoy the experience. And my wife will be the third person because she'll keep us from choking each other. There
0: you go. You she's need a, a referee. She's
1: a people person. And she's not a risk taker. So we'll come back alive. <laughs> oh,
0: there you go. Balance. It's all Absolutely. about the balance. Absolutely. I was reading something the other day. Um on, you, I'm sure you're familiar with the Myers-Briggs, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And um, it was in a management book and they were talking about the different types. And so I kind of went down that rabbit hole and, you know, I'm an ENFP. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, if you look at my score on the extra version, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm way out there. I'm sure. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but my boyfriend is an ISTJ, mm-hmm. the complete opposite mm-hmm. of me. That's how it works. Complete sure. opposite. And mm-hmm. as I was reading the profiles, it was saying that, you know, the ISTJ would do better with, you know, an I think it was the E and the P Mm -hmm. mostly, but somebody that's opposite of them. So Mm -hmm. balance is key. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Okay. This is another one of my favorite. Okay. All of these are my favorite (laughs) questions. Okay. What is one thing you do in the morning to set your day up for success?
1: Oh, that's an easier one. Okay. So I have this little printout. It's like my daily ritual. On the front is things that can enhance or improve Mm -hmm. my life personally and on the back professionally so it might have some questions that i ask myself one of them is how am i feeling today and when i first started doing it i remember i was having a lot of trouble tapping into my emotions so someone gave me a feelings wheel it's a wheel with all these emotions around they're (gasps) color-coded
0: where did you get that
1: i'll send it to you okay it's really cool especially for guys ladies may not need as much help but i did and so i would literally look at that and say you know what that word really defines what I'm feeling. And it has some de- uh, description of the yeah. words because I needed that much help.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but anyway, it's just going through that. I have some Bible verses that I read that may and I ask some questions. And that's on the personal side. On the back are the professional. There's five areas that if I focus and execute in those areas, it continues to grow the business.
0: That is awesome. Do you share your professional questions?
1: Uh, you know what? Do I remember... It's really kind of particular to the business, but client care is one of them. It's like, make sure they have everything they need. Just call and check in with them and over deliver. Right. I just got an email just this morning from one because, uh, you know, we we have a train the trainer program where we train their trainers. Oh, yeah. And so they were like. You have a lot of material when you train, a lot of different stuff. I got a six-foot chain and all these things I use because I like having fun. Yep.
0: You have a six-foot chain?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's used as a prop.
1: And I get through the airports with it with no problem. But uh, people <laughs> like that stuff, man. They like to have a good time. They like an experience. Because I That's haven't so been there weird. for a day or two. Yeah. So I have all these things I pack. They're like, where are we going to get all this stuff? I say, you know what? I'll build you a train-the-trainer kit. So we built out this full blown thing and had like um, bags and all the everything that they need. We even yeah. put batteries in for the remote. We loaded all the we bought a laptop with all the software that they need. Provisioned everything. So they literally opened the bag and everything was there. So they wrote an email and went, "Man, you guys are amazing." We weren't expecting all of this, but we're really our internal motto is uh, pursuing excellent is not our motto. It's how we run our business. So it was cool to see them kind of. Catch that and give it back to us.
0: That is so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Now I want the kit, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Oh
1: Gosh. Okay. I would say a man of character and integrity um, who was a foremost expert in sales messaging and had a line out the door. Or oh, am I still alive in this article? Or is this, <laughs> an, a, a, is it's this your a choice? A, uh, there's I'd no rather parameters. okay, I'll stay alive. I'll be alive. <laughs> I was uh, um I was thinking like on oh, my epitaph but that's not what you said. Uh, third I would say um man, people felt their best when they were around him.
0: You know what? And I love that. And I love that you recognize that so that you can use that to continue to help your customers. Absolutely. That's amazing. This has been a great conversation. I agree. 100%. We'll have to have another one. Like, love to. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, I just have one last thing to say to you. Besides, thank you for being here so much. For sure. You are a VIP.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I enjoyed it.
0: And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP Podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.